Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary, and I'm really excited to share with you today about something that I recently self-published. It's been a dream in the making, to be honest. A number of years ago, I had a book called Breakfast in Bethlehem, but when the publisher went out of business, it ceased in publication and never was picked up by any other publisher. This Christmas, I'm excited to share the story of Breakfast in Bethlehem once again. It's contained in a collection of two Christmas stories called Father Looney's Christmas Stories, where I tell the story of this young boy who goes to Bethlehem with an angel and sees the events of Christmas unfold, including breakfast made by the innkeeper in Bethlehem. In the second story, Flowers from the Shepherd Boy, I share a story about a young boy who meets the three magi, who shares with him the story of Christ's birth, and then how this young boy meets the Holy Family as they are fleeing into Egypt. These stories of Christmas and the Epiphany, I hope, will be ones you wish to share with the little people in your life. You can head on over to Amazon and buy a copy of Father Looney's Christmas Stories. You can find the link in the show notes. And now, on with today's show. Hey everybody, it's Father Edward here, and I'm very delighted today to be having a conversation with a contemporary Christian music artist who has written many songs. I've heard them for many years, and uh, it's a great joy. And in fact, he was in Green Bay just recently, and I wanted to go and to the concert, but I had another conflict at that time, so I couldn't go. Uh, but I regret it, and hopefully you come back to Green Bay or somewhere in the area, and I'll be there at the show uh, but I'm speaking today with Jason Gray, and you might have you might know many of his songs. And I want to speak about one song in particular later. But uh, first, uh, as a person who has grown up with Christian music, I have you know I've gone through kind of different growths of Christian music. So there's a local station in Green Bay called Q90. So when I was a young kid, I, I listened to Q90 a lot. Then I kind of uh, I, I switched over to K Love. And then Sirius XM, I started listening to The Message. So I've gone through kind of all the different stations of Christian music. And you're a contemporary Christian music artist and in the industry for years. So I'm wondering, maybe first, how did you give your life to Jesus? And then how did you arrive at this vocation of singing the praises of God and leading people in worship? That's that's complicated. Like, um, you know, I'll say, okay. I'll share about this. Um, you know, uh, there's a a great uh, Brandon Heath song called "Your Love." I bet you heard it. And uh, verse one is, uh, uh, "I felt it ever since I was I was younger, a strange attraction to the light." And I, I always thought, "Oh yeah, man, that's that's me too." I've just I feel like I've always been aware of god you know ever since i was a little boy i didn't grow up in the church um religion wasn't a thing in uh in the house i grew up in but so i did grow up on the road with my mom's rock and roll bar band and uh and that meant you know that i i'd be on the road with her so like as 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 a five-year-old she'd uh, stick me on a stool at the bar so she could keep an eye on me while she's working, you know, <clears throat> and she'd go on the stage and sing the Doobie Brothers and the Eagles and Heart, you know, and so there I was, a five-year-old, just hanging out at the bar, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, I remember I hated the smoke, but I did have a bottomless glass of root beer and my Star Wars action figures, so it was a good life, and and the waitresses liked me, you know, and the truckers who were there, I think they, I imagine maybe because they missed their own kids, you know, so they, 
liked having a little boy hanging around would teach me how to play pool and i loved hanging out with my mom too you know she was yeah so, so all that was just a a very charmed way of of growing up um so i didn't you know uh grow up with any conversation about about god but i did grow up around a lot of music and so it's probably no surprise that the first time i heard god speak to me it was through music it was through um a song by my favorite artist the first music i cared about was simon and garfunkel and then after that it was kiss and then kenny rogers but i won't get into that part of my story uh but i loved me some simon and garfunkel and there was a lot of chaos in my life as a little boy there was um it was very tumultuous and and uh, my parents were in the midst of a very ugly divorce which which left me with um a speech uh, a speech handicap that i i suppose i should let your your listeners know about um so there was just a lot of volatility a lot of chaos you know but into all that god knew how to speak the thing he wanted me to hear in a language that he knew i could understand and so i remember i was um <clears throat> We were living with my grandparents, and, and a part of the volatility was that my grandpa was a good man, but uh, he was an alcoholic, you know, so there was a lot of that going on. But I remember being in the car with him one day in uh, the winter uh, in, in Minnesota, so he left the car on when he went into the liquor store. And so with the car on, all of a sudden on the radio comes a song by my favorite group, Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water. And I remember hanging out there in the car and just having this sense of a, a benevolent, loving presence there with me. As though it was saying, Psst, hey, I want you to know that the words of this song that you love, uh, that's my heart toward you. When you're weary, when you're feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all like a bridge over troubled water. I will lay me down for you. And I heard that in my little boy heart, and I believed it, you know. And, and that was the beginning, for me at least. I mean, he was probably, yeah, you know, whenever anybody asks me, like, when were you saved, you know? I'm like, well, was it when I was down on my knees at the altar or was it when I left my seat for the altar call? Was it when I decided to go to church that night? Was it before the foundation of time? Am I still being saved? You know, uh, salvation is a mystery and it belongs to, to the Lord, right? But um, I would say that that was a key moment in my awareness of God, you know, sitting there in the car hearing Simon and Garfunkel and hearing God speak to me through it. So it was also, I suppose, where I first experienced music as one of the ways that God speaks, you know. You experienced God speaking through that music then. And eventually, you know, probably with the influence of your mother, who's in the band, you decide that you want to be a musician yourself. And why sing the praises of God? Why be a Christian music artist when you could be a, any type of music artist? You know, um, it's 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 selfish, I suppose. You know, um, in that it's it's just what I was most interested in talking about. You know, um, I think I think the thing that that really turns me on and activates me and engages me is uh, I'm curious about the human heart, you know, and, and why, why do we do the things that we do? Or as Paul said, even, you know, like, why do I do what I don't want to do? You know, and what I do want to do, I don't do that. You know, like all of those kinds of things I'm, 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 I'm interested in, what's going on in here you know um and religion i would say is 
is chiefly concerned about those things. And so it just made sense to kind of talk about it in that context. That makes sense? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's kind of that sense. Once you have that experience of God, you want to share it with others. And your experience of God came through music. And so that would be just, I think, kind of the natural flow for someone in this environment, for sure. You know, responding to the gospel mandate, go make disciples, go proclaim the gospel. There's this awesome clip by Rich Mullins. He died uh, too young. He died too young, yeah. And uh, you can look it up on on on, on uh, YouTube. It's life changing to me. But it's it's um, it's at the Ichthys Music Festival, and one of the things he says there is is that you know we 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 as Christians we 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 can get kind of caught up in in this in this in this hero talk, you know, and we want to we want to be heroic, you know, and there's something beautiful about that. I don't think we have to have contempt for that. But 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 he says, I think that God is is tired of heroes and and all this hero talk. And 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 I bring that up just because like um one way into it could be like, you know what? I'm gonna go evangelize the world. And that's a hero story, right? And I just think most hero stories, a lot of times, I, I don't know how true they are. Like there's usually some some other ego piece going on, you know? So, so maybe for me, that could have been, I'm gonna go preach the gospel and tell people the truth. And then the truth underneath that might be because I am so longing to feel significant and I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. And I want to see myself as a person who, who loves others, you know? Um, so like, I'm just kind of always wanting to ask myself, what, what am I really up to? You know, but, um, I would say, you know, and 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 I'm trying I'm trying to remember if if I ever had this, I'm gonna go out there and evangelize. And um which which interestingly, like like evangelicals and modern day Christians, I th- I think we have this drive to do that. And sometimes it can seem like it's this this uh this 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 anxious driven we got to do it before you know well i don't know how it was when you were growing up but like when i was growing up the classic thing that you'd hear at youth group meetings is like if if you were driving home tonight and you were in a car accident on your way home would you go to heaven or would you go to hell you know and it's this idea that we got to take care of business now because we don't know the future. And, and and there's the usefulness in all that too. Like, I don't mean to have any contempt for that. But when I look at Jesus in the scriptures, I, I see zero anxiety of him out there trying to convert people. In fact, I was just having a conversation with, with uh, another artist about this yesterday morning, you know, just about the time he's starting to get some momentum, right? He, he does the the loaves and the and the fishes, and people are all of a sudden excited, and, and they're like, "Oh man, this thing could really get some heat on this new movement, right?" And then Jesus ruins it all by by saying, uh, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, right?" And it freaks everybody out. Like, what cannibalism? What we're we're piecing out, you know? Uh, I don't know where I was going with all that, um, except that 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 uh, I I think the I think the truest thing I could say about why I chose to be a Christian artist is that it it uh, it was a natural place for me to talk about the things that I cared about, which is how the human beings work, and also. I care about God and the love of God and 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 healing. I'm very interested in in healing, you know. 
And I remember very early on, uh, I, I knew I knew a lot of people who had been hurt by religion or hurt in the church. I thought I could do my part to write songs about the love of God that that hopefully would would heal some kind of broken image that they have of him. And so, yeah, maybe that was a little altruistic, you know, but but for the most part, I think it was just because it was what I was already interested in. <laughs> I'm trying to be very un unheroic here <laughs> sure. in the way to do that but the, the 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 rich mullins clip his whole point about it was that you don't have to be a hero you just have to be who god made you to be so like he said uh if you were a car that mr ford built how would you bring glory to mr ford by being a car right and uh and and the idea is is that maybe the holiest most glorious thing you can do is just be be who you are so uh when i you know when i say why i do what i do i think it was just me being me and 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 hopefully in some way that brings god glory but it seems like i bring him the most glory when i'm not thinking about bringing him glory you know, that makes sense. Anyway, I just wanted to close that uh, loop of that idea there. One of the things that caught my attention recently was the fact that you were in Rome. And so here you are, you're uh, a Christian, evangelical, Protestant. I don't know which tag you would prefer, but you're there at a very Catholic event. You're hearing the Holy Father speak. You're experiencing Rome and all of what Catholicism offers in that city. And you made a very interesting post, and you kind of described that experience a little bit. And what you said was that you felt like you were an outsider on the inside of something. Yeah. So I guess, what was your experience of Rome like? Maybe your impressions of the Holy Father. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, what what do you mean by being an insider or being an outsider on the inside of something? Yeah. Have you been to Rome? You know, that's a great question. And it's a running joke. So uh, I've been all over Europe. I've been in Spain. I've been in France. I've been all over many times. I've never been to Rome. I didn't study in Rome. So that wasn't an opportunity. I was supposed to go to a conference in Rome, but it happened to be in June of 2020. So it was virtual. So I've never made it. So now my goal is to not go for as long as I can, just to see how long I can go. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to go back. I had the most wonderful time there. It was, it was so great. The whole um, outsider having an insider experience, I think I first coined that phrase and, and, and uh, began to think about that when I read this amazing book. Um, his last name was Jacobs. I can't remember his first name. But it was called The Year of Living Biblically. Have you heard of that book? I have not, but I'll have to take a look for it for sure. It's so great. He he he's he was the editor of Esquire magazine. And and uh Jewish, you know, by birth, um not practicing at all had kids and thought, well, you know, like maybe I need to raise my kids in this. I, I need to be, I need to be curious about my tradition. And so he decided for one year, I'm going to live, you know, uh, I'm going to do all the things my scripture tells me to do. Right. And it, it's a hilarious book. Like uh, he had to wear a robe made only of one fabric, you know, and he would keep little pebbles in his pocket so he could stone adulterers by, by by flicking it at their feet in the subway, you know, stuff like that. You know, very absurd, but beautiful, too. And then uh, about two-thirds of the way of the book, he 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 uh, he does all the all the Christian things, you know. <clears throat> and um uh, it was just remarkable reading his his 
his story because he was he was on the inside of religion, but he was an outsider at the same time, which gave him all these cool observations that you don't see when you're already an insider, right? You know, um, so all that was on my mind when I was at the Vatican, you know, like I'm not Catholic. Um, and so uh, I was, I was there with beginner's mind, um, which, which, which I think is a good place to be, you know, um, and because you, you aren't, you aren't taking anything for granted and things aren't colored by, by something that you are, you already know, you know, because, um, we, we only see the things that we're already conditioned to see, right? We see the evidence of, of, of what we've already decided to believe and, and all that. So, so, so it being all new, I felt like I was taking it all in at once, you know, and it was, it was beautiful. Um, growing up Protestant, we were taught to be a little suspicious of the Catholics, you know, and and, and it, it seemed like they were a little too into the saints, maybe, or you know, and 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 um, and I came to faith <clears throat> in a, a a charismatic, hyper evangelical context. My mom became a believer when she heard a speaker at a tent revival, and uh, and that brand of Christianity was very suspicious of Catholics. And I remember seeing tracts, like gospel tracts, that that um, depicted the Pope as 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 in league with the Antichrist and leading the four horsemen of the apocalypse in 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 full papal regalia you know and um even then that didn't quite ring true to me but i just didn't know what to do with all that you know um i wrote a song on my christmas album uh i wrote a a song kind of around the ave maria chorus because i think that 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 piece of music is so beautiful and uh, one of the reasons why I, i did that is because as a Protestant growing up, you know, we we kind of didn't know what to do with Mary. Like she seemed to belong to the Catholics, you know, and so there was like this kind of anxiety around around Mary. I would say, uh, in the circles that I grew up in, there was this sense that she was a bit worshipped too much, you know, and so it just there's a saying, and. So we just kind of avoided Mary. And as I've gotten older, I just thought, well, that's unfortunate, you know. And 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 I think I think my culture I grew up in misunderstood the Catholics, you know. And so I really wanted to write uh, a a loving song about Mary. And uh and draw from the Catholics um, adoration of this woman who who deserves our curiosity and attention. She's kind of like the prototype of, of all of us as believers, right? That we say yes to the Lord. We, 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 we take Jesus into us and then we incarnate him to the world. And anyway, I don't think this is anything that you were asking me about. I'm riffing here. Um, and, no, that's and, great. You can keep going on that topic. But um, so, and, 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 and also a piece of that, I'd say going into my time at the Vatican was also um, having grown up in this, um, culture of 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 side eye glances at the at the catholics you know um and then experiencing how just so much of the lord's work in my life has come through catholic authors you know brennan manning henry nowen thomas merton um ronald rollheiser is a current hero of mine G.K. Chesterton, um, 
all those guys, you know. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I, I owe a great deal to the Catholic tradition, you know, and, and, uh, and it has produced really good fruit in those writers and Mother Teresa, I mean, oh, oh my goodness, you know, um, so yeah, so, so, so the, uh, when I wrote that song, it was kind of reconciling all of that inside of me too. Um, and then my favorite movie during COVID was The Two Popes. Watched it like five times. Um, and that was a good primer for my trip there, you know. So I was already kind of a fan of the current Pope, you know, at least as as as, as he was depicted in the movie. So, yeah. So you're at the audience and Pope Francis addresses the people. I think he gives like a teaching about something. I don't know if you had to have earbuds in, if it needs to be translated and you tune into some radio station and hear it. But did the Pope say anything that day that really touched your heart? I didn't understand a word he was saying and it touched my heart just being there. And, uh, and the energy there was remarkable. The, the thousands of people behind us, we got literally a front row seat. Like we were right there at the bottom of the steps. He was right there. Uh, an honor that, that, you know, like I, I, me not even being, being Catholic, it felt so generous that we got to be right there, you know, but um, I, I, you know, I, I tasted his humility. I, you know, just like, even though I couldn't understand the words, I, 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 it, it, it you know, um, I think like, you know, uh, the tradition I'm a part of, right? Um, Protestants. How did it begin? It, it began with a protest with Luther saying, I see problems with the institutionalized religion that 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 Christianity has become. So I'm peacing out. I'm gonna do my own thing. And um and and there's no contempt for that. I like I, I I there's a usefulness in that. I, I think there are are times as believers where we have to say, I'm sorry, this isn't working for me and my my conscience means I can't be a part of this. We have to we have to obey that, right? We have to be we are responsible to what the Holy Spirit convicts us with, right? Okay. But what's interesting is, uh, you know, um, Protestantism began as a protest and a breaking away. And and that has continued throughout the history of Protestantism, right? I mean, how many denominations are there and how many sub-denominations we keep? No, I'm peacing out. You know, we we keep doing that over and over again, and and, and a phenomena in 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 Protestantism now is um, uh, a lot of churches that begin don't want to have any affiliation with any denomination. No, no, we're independent. We're doing our our own thing, and and that is you know arguably the fruit of of what of of how our movement began. You know. Again, that can be useful. I think there's room for that in the kingdom, right? I mean, like being being independent means uh, you are 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 able to maneuver and pivot wherever you think the Holy Spirit is leading. You know, it's kind of like when I go out with a band, I I'm kind of a slave to the songs that the band knows. I'm, 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 I can't stop a song in the middle. The band experience is awesome though. It's great going out with a band, but a cool thing about going out on my own, it means I can, I can do whatever I want, you know? So both of those are valuable. Um, so anyway, all that was on my mind as I was, as I was there. 
And I really got to see the value of, of uh, the institutional structure, the, 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 the hundred years old tradition of Catholicism, you know, it's like, yeah, it can't, it can't, it can't pivot as quick, but, but it also shapes you. You have to be shaped by it, right? Like, like you can't do things on your own whim. You kind of have to submit to it. Well, that's good for the human soul too, isn't it? To have to be held accountable to something and to be formed by something. And um, we had a, a meeting at um, with some of the cardinals and and and, and bishops at the um, the Pontifical Academy of Arts and Sciences over there, and they were talking about their current problem child. I may get his name wrong. Um, Patriarch Kirill Kirill, uh, who's you know Russia, yeah. Yes. And uh, and 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 the stamp of approval he's given, he's he's given to, to to Putin to do this war because it is a resistance against uh, Western liberal values, you know. And and uh, anyway, they uh, they had a conversation with him that morning, and uh, the person that we we spoke with. He said, I, you know, we believe in keeping the lines of communication open. We believe it's it's better to communicate with Kirill. Uh, it's better to it's better to communicate than to not, you know. And we hope that as we can communicate, that we can persuade him that he's gone down the wrong path. And then maybe he'll have Putin's ear. Anyway, I thought, you know. They have that line of communication because it's been established and the, the groundwork has been laid for hundreds of years, you know, and um, that is one of the gifts of uh, Catholicism, in my mind, is that this avenue of communication with this person, we don't have that kind of thing in Protestantism, right? Because like an example in my mind is where we were staying there with these marble steps that were beautiful and and one of the guys in our group he says oh so 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 uh these are pretty old old right these old steps and the host said no they're new they were installed in the 1800s you know <laughs> uh, so protestantism is so young and there's a gift to being young right but there's a gift to being old too and uh, so anyway, those were some of the things going through my mind in the whole experience. <laughs> uh, but that's incredible just to hear your experience, because and, and sometimes I think about this, you know, I see people like Annie Downs, for example, she just went to the Holy Land. Right. And so I, as a Catholic who've been there, I've been I stayed there for 10 weeks. I was there for another week taking a pilgrimage group. And so for me, I'm like, well, you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, you go to all these different places, and you see Catholicism, you see, you know, orthodoxy or things like that. And so for me, I've always wondered, what would it be like for a Protestant who walks into the Holy Land and goes to like the Church of Nazareth, which is the Church of the Annunciation, and they experience kind of this church that's in a Catholic setting. And, and that's kind of like for you going to the Holy or going to Rome as a Protestant, that you're experiencing Catholicism from this lens of Protestantism, which it, to me is just something fascinating to hear. You know, uh, I remember seeing a poet years ago, Lee Young Lee was his name, and he talked about the purpose of poetry. It's And, and he read some of his poems. He said, the poem isn't really about the words I'm reading to you. It's about the silence that it creates inside of you when I read the poem to you. I thought that's so beautiful. I thought, well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with my music too. Um, and so, you know, there at uh, St. Peter, Peter's Basilica and, and surrounded by all these grand structures and you know 
I posted about this on, on, on Facebook and there were a number of people in the comments who were like, yeah, it's, it's all a waste, you know, like all this money going, going into these. And, and I thought, well, that's, that's a very Protestant uh, knee-jerk reaction, maybe. But my experience there is, no, 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 it was beautiful because what those structures did is they created silence in me, like a good poem. They created curiosity and, and just like a little space in me where I, I had conversation with God. I don't need that. I don't need uh, a grand structure for that. I don't need a poem for that. I don't need a song for that. Um, but still, those things facilitate those moments. Like we talked about movies. When you see a great movie, as soon as it's done, you know, when you f feel like I, I experienced something true and holy and it kind of opened something up in me, right? Those are the moments that we live for, you know. So um, that's what those beautiful grand structures meant to me yeah that's great and uh yeah i really appreciate those insights now when we talk about catholicism we have a great devotion uh for to the blessed mother as catholics we have rosaries we have statues of mary she's appeared in these different places we believe people go to these places they offer their own prayers ask mary to pray for us and one of the things that I was very moved by, and I should give credit to a good friend of mine who last year was listening to Christian radio, heard an interview you were doing, and said, you should interview this guy about his song for Christmas about Mary. He uses the Ave Maria. It's called yeah. Ave Maria or Song for Mary. And you should talk to him since you're a, a Marian expert. And so here we are today. We're talking now about Mary. and. I, I'm just wondering, as you wrote that song, it's on your Christmas album, it's Stories of Christmas, and, and so you're looking at Mary in that perspective, but I, w was there some hesitation maybe for you to sing Ave Maria and then to go into the Grazia Plena, but knowing that these words are from Scripture, they're from Luke's Gospel, they're from the lips of the angel, well, angels probably don't have lips, but it's from the mouth of the angel as it's proclaimed. And then, you know, benedictus fructus ventris tui, that's uh, Elizabeth saying, blessed are you among women and blesses the fruit of your womb, Jesus. So uh, was there any reservation when you sang that song or when you wrote that and sang that song? I did have some reservations. The main one was I didn't want to fail it. Because it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful song, beautiful melody. Um, I didn't want to fail it. I didn't want to. Um, I I I didn't want because I'm not Catholic. I I I hoped Catholics wouldn't feel that I was just kind of casually co-opting a song that was very beloved to them. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I hoped that they would experience my reverence, you know, for, for, for uh, what I, I imagine those words, what that song means to so many people, you know? So um, yeah, those are my main, reservations there there's something that that that, that like that melody it 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 transports mm. me when I, when I hear it you know it's it's so grand and on the recording uh when I go into that part all of a sudden the strings come on and it and it it feels kind of ethereal and and it 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 goes to a new place you know um it feels almost kind of like like cosmic mm. the melody does. um and so i thought it would be really interesting to write a song around it 
that ran counter or that offered a counterpoint to that, you know, and and make the verses really, really earthy, really, really earthbound and really about the humanity of, of, of Mary's experience, you know. And a lot of it was inspired by my mom. My mom is a, a very loving person, the most loving person I think I've, I've ever encountered. And she runs a ministry. Uh, her house is like a halfway house for, for people who have run out of every other option. They've, they've, they're done with the state. The church doesn't know what to do with them. And my mom's ministry is like a last stop. And that's been a very rewarding thing for her to do. She's, she's, um, you know, a lot like the way that you would hear Mother Teresa, like the work that she did was very meaningful to her. It was her worship for her, you know, but very costly at the same time, right? It gave her life, but it was very, very costly, it has taken a toll on her. It takes a toll to say yes to the Lord and to to agree to incarnate him in, in, in the world. And so that was what I wanted to explore in that song, you know, how uh, how it drew lines in a little girl's face, you know, it's, a, it's quite a burden. Um, but then all of a sudden it transport you because it's also quite an honor, isn't it? You know, so, yeah. Well, you know, some of the words, she carries the bread to the table. And of course, that's probably actual bread. Maybe you're envisioning a dinner table. But then I think it should call to mind the bread of life, that she carries the bread of life in her womb to the table, that she carries the hope of the world. Well, that's who Jesus is. You know, you carried hope and a promise. You carried shame and disgrace. Uh, so it, it, it's just... It's a very interesting song, but to carry your hope through the darkness. So her hope of Christ coming as a savior in the darkness of night and the darkness of the world as it carries you into your rest. So, um, yeah, it's a very beautiful song. And, and there's lots of meaning, I think, in the words that you've written here. Thank you. You named my uh, the two lines that I'm the proudest of. One being she carries. So, so uh if anyone here in this hasn't heard the song, it begins with this image of Mary as a little girl and 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 who 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 uh, is uh, you know has her responsibilities in her family and says she carries the bread to the table, she carries the hope of the world, and that was intended to be a communion reference, you know, and 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 I think I I don't know if I I don't. I don't know how many people catch that. So glad you caught that. So meaningful to me that you caught that. And then at the end of the song, uh, uh, what's the line again? I forgot. Uh, uh, well, the carries... closing song or closing line. Uh, I'll give you the verse. Held by the love you were holding. Is this what it means to be blessed? I really love that. You know, calling to mind the words of, you know, blessed are you among women. To carry your hope through the darkness as it carries you into your rest. Yeah, and that was specifically looking at my mom and and her life and and about how this work that she was doing and and I'm sure you've experienced this when you are 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 doing something that you believe is, that you were divinely appointed to, appointed to do, you know, it's 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 like uh it's like uh having a water hose yeah. and you're you're spraying the world with this water that the world needs but you get wet with it too right like like it 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 it, it uh when you feel the lord move through you it it goes out of you but you also have the experience of it moving through you you know which is life-giving you know so uh she uh it carries her hope through the darkness and 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 that act of faithfulness also is what carries her right and 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 which there's 
a great mystery in all of that. And, 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 and so that's what those lines were about. <laughs> I asked earlier about your own reservations, maybe about saying those words or how you approach the song. But then you have the reception of the song. So here you are, a contemporary Christian music artist, engaged in Protestant and evangelical worship, and you're taking Catholic words. So how did your followers, how did your listeners, did they did they kind of react to this and say, what is Jason doing? Or do they say, oh, this is different. This is maybe beautiful. Yeah, I'd say both. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, as a olive branch to to people who are who 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 were raised like I was to be oh I don't know about the, is it the are they worshiping Mary you know and why why all this attention on Mary you know uh, uh, is this what it means to be blessed that's why that line is in there you know what I mean it's like well. No, like when we say, oh, blessed Mary, what does it mean to be blessed? Uh, it means you say yes to the Lord and uh, um, which means that you're going to go through a lot of hell. It's going to be painful. Faithfulness will put you through hell on earth, right? It's a great toll to it. Um, so blessed doesn't mean, it, it, yeah, it, like it, it, it means, it, if, if you want to know what blessed means, uh, look at, at Jesus on the cross, right? That's what it means to be blessed. Mm -hmm. And Mary had the cross to, to, um, to bear as well, right? That, 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 uh, that she had a child who she loved, that she had to, let go and allow him to be, you know, that's her great loss. Mm. She had to watch her son die. Um, anyway, so those are. Yeah, wow. No, I almost have tears in my eyes listening to you. It's so beautiful how you're describing it. You know, you're capturing it, in my opinion, uh, in such a, a wonderful way. And, and you're getting to it. You understand it. And so that's so great that you're able to, communicate it this is an older song like i found recordings on youtube that date back to like 2012 so it's been out there a long time but yet here we are in the year of our lord 2022 and we're still talking about it but i think too you know you talked about blessed and, and just go back to the words of jesus well jesus tells us who will be blessed well blessed are those who hear the word of god and keep it in their life Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those the meek. Blessed are the pure of heart. So at the end of the day, Mary blessed among women, as Elizabeth says, well, we all want to be blessed too, according to the teachings of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Well, do we though? I mean, I think most of us want to be blessed according to the teachings of, of, uh, um, modern day uh a prosper prosperity gospel prosperity, yeah yeah you, you know we want we want that kind of blessing but the true blessedness is happiness with god forever in the kingdom of heaven yeah which which means uh i mean who was closer to god than anybody else who was most aligned with god than more than anybody else jesus and we see what that got him. And if we think that we can expect different than that, I think that's naive, you know. Um, just, I'm sure you've experienced this, like, like spiritual growth. To grow spiritually, that's a very lonely journey. Spiritual growth means loneliness. There will be a loneliness, you know. Um, I think about that, you know, like it's, 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 uh, yeah. I guess that's all. Well, okay. Why? Why is it lonely? Because it's going to keep calling you away from 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 the fray. You know what I mean? Um, it's going to call you deeper and deeper into into more intimacy, more personalized. But but uh, you know, 
the more the more I grow, the less I'm understood by the larger group. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's my experience of that journey, you know. Wow. And you've been on quite the journey as we've talked about today, just the journey into music, the journey of your early life, the journey to Rome and experiencing Catholicism as an evangelical, as a Protestant, and then this journey that now continues. And I'm so blessed. I'm so honored. I'm touched that uh, I left a comment on one of your Facebook posts and you had to search me out. You found my public email address. And uh, so I'm very honored you took the time to do that. And uh, this has been such a lovely conversation. And I know it's going to bless a lot of people uh, who hear it. They're going to go find your music. They're going to listen to Ave Maria. And uh, they're going to probably become followers uh, of your music, which will lead us to following Jesus all the more. I was very honored that you were interested in having a conversation with me. So thank you. I should also say, I should have said this at the beginning too, like, I'm, I, you know, not being a Catholic and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking very much as a novice about all these things, you know? Uh, so I will, I will, I will pray that people will give me the benefit of the doubt and, 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 uh, whether Catholic or Protestant know that I'm, I'm just doing my best to, to be curious and to be a learner, you know? Um, yeah. So. Well, that's wonderful. Well, know that uh, I'll be keeping you in prayer and uh, yeah. And very grateful uh, for this opportunity. Thank you very much. Very nice to speak with you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.